Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. Hey parents, welcome to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. Wanted to give you a brief little um, update on our Biblical Worldview Institute that we just got done with last week. It was an incredible um, training experience for our students and really a lot of different people. We had 3,000 show up for BWI, um, about 25 other Christian schools from nine different states. Uh, We live streamed it. Um, all across the country. So it was an incredible experience. Our fifth through 12th graders were able to attend uh, PCA uh, and PCA North Campus as well. Uh, And it was just a great, great uh, experience. Uh, Today, we're going to listen to uh, Alan Parr, who is one of our speakers, uh, give us his um, just kind of a summary and synopsis of uh, just being at BWI. Uh, and being able to share with our students. But I just wanted to uh, just kind of take a little second to shout out for the uh, different sponsors. We had our first title sponsor ever for BWI, uh, Logos Bible Software, an incredible tool uh, that you definitely want to get. But we also had platinum sponsors. We did our Christian College Fair, um, again, Boyce College, I was there, Charleston Southern University, Criswell College, uh, Lee Strobel Ministries, Washita Baptist, uh, and John Brown University. Um, So it was an incredible um, just event. Uh, So many people uh, just loved the opportunity uh, to participate and be a part of BWI. Uh, And I think our kids really uh, got a great um, just learning experience from that. Uh, But listen now as I talk to Alan Parr about BWI. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti. I've got Alan Parr with us. Alan, thanks for jumping on the program. Hey, Dan, looking forward to it. Super honored to be here. Thanks for having me. So you were here um, last week. We did our Biblical Worldview Institute. Um, and you got to be one of our speakers. We had the uh, the privilege and the honor um, of uh, of uh, letting our students hear from you. Uh, and I was uh, I was so thrilled. Um, you know, you were one of our students' favorite speakers, um, and so you did a, a fantastic job. But I, I wanted to just kind of have a conversation with you a little bit about um, uh, the Biblical Worldview Institute. It was your first time there. I kind of wanted to. Um, you know, for some of our parents that are listening, uh, we took our, you know, fifth through 12th grade. Uh, and so for a lot of our parents, their students were actually there. For, for some of our students, their parent, you know, their kids weren't there. And so I want to just kind of get your assessment a little bit about the actual event itself, and then maybe a little bit about what you discussed and kind of what we covered uh, at BWI. So just as a speaker, it was your first time at BWI. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. First and foremost, from a speaker perspective, uh, I just enjoyed meeting the other speakers, mingling, getting to know people, networking and things like that from that perspective. But I couldn't help but think when I was there just how impactful this would have been if I had something like this whenever I was in uh, middle school and high school. You know, at the time, you know, I went to church with my mom and and I called it big church, right? It was yeah, just like yeah. a lot of the messages weren't really relevant to me. We didn't have a, a significant youth group or youth ministry or I've never went to a conference ever. But to really think that these young people had an opportunity to 
really be exposed to some solid apologetics. And if not anything else, it just really encouraged them to start to think more critically about their faith, why they believe, what they believe, and to understand that there is a world out there once they get out of what I call the Christian proverbial bubble, where their their neighborhood, their friends, their family, their school, their church, it's all Christian and, and it's surrounded by everyone who thinks like them. And uh, once they get outside of that environment, they're going to be bombarded with a variety of different worldviews, different perspectives from skeptics to atheists, to agnostics, to different cults, different people from different religions. And it's important for them to know what they believe and why. So I was really impressed with how everything came together and the students, uh, excuse me, the, the, um, all the speakers did just a phenomenal job. Yeah. Now your ministry is actually dealing with apologetics. This is what you do on a, on a full-time basis. Tell me a little bit about just kind of how that started and how you got into it and, and just kind of what, what it is that you're doing in terms of, um, you know, the content that you're producing, what kind of questions are you looking to answer for the culture? Yeah. So I've been on YouTube. I have an online ministry called the beat, which stands for biblical encouragement and truth. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, and we publish videos twice a week, typically Tuesdays and Fridays. And really our goal is to equip people with the truth that they need in order to live out the Christian life, both as a Christian as well as ministers. And so apologetics is one of many uh, components to what we do. It's a large part. And, uh, you know, I started eight years ago, really just started thinking about all of the questions that people have mm. that they don't necessarily have these resources at their fingertips, or they may not feel comfortable asking these questions to their pastors or their ministry leaders, maybe because they're uh, just feeling like ashamed or they just don't know how they're going to be received if somebody asks them these questions. And so there's a lot of questions out there. And so I just said, hey, you know, I'm going to be that YouTuber that's going to actually provide a biblical worldview to some of the burning questions that people typically have. And so in that comes, you know, a large portion of that is, is apologetics, but we also do a lot of just straight Bible teaching. We take a book of the Bible and break it down in a creative way and look at how it applies to our daily lives. We do stuff on relationships. We do stuff on end time events. And also we look at certain things that are going on in the culture and try to bring, bring a biblical Christian worldview to what's going on in the culture. Now, how did how did that start in your in your world? Like, where where did that come from? Was it questions that you had as a young person growing up um, that either somebody didn't answer, or was it somebody who kind of answered those for you and you said, "Hey, I want to fill those shoes and do it for somebody else." So interestingly, it started in 2014 for me, and I was actually on staff at a church part time, and I was just feeling like God had something more for me than teaching Bible study to a smaller group, which is nothing wrong with that. I, I cherish my time at that church, but God just started stirring something within me to say, Hey, you know, you have a gift, you have a calling and, and the, the more the world needs to be exposed to good, solid verse by verse expository teaching, preaching of the word of God. So uh, when I started YouTube, really, I started thinking about, okay, how can I create these quick five to seven minute videos wherever I, where I'm able to pack in a lot of content in a short period of time. And I kind of became known early on as kind of the guy that gives you a lot of pack, you know, a lot of punch for, for, for a short video. And, um, and so I started thinking about what would be all of the questions that Christians ask 
that are the most popular questions. Should a Christian drink alcohol? Is suicide the unforgivable sin? Should singles uh, live together before marriage? What does the Bible say about divorce and remarriage? Um, what does the Bible say about masturbation? Is that a sin? I mean, I literally just started thinking in my head, what would be the most popular questions that people ask? And I said, okay, I'm going to make a video on that. And eight years later, the questions are still rolling in and the videos are still popping out. Man, I got parents right now sitting there going, okay, he just asked like five really important questions. Is he going to answer them? <laughs> so we're going to have to send people to your YouTube channel, right? So they can actually get those and watch those, which has turned out really well for you. Um, you know, not not that you wouldn't assume that it would, but just kind of in that space uh, of YouTube, it seems like um, the world, um, you know, looks for entertainment, uh, it yes. looks like you're you're kind of diving into some deep issues and wrestling with some very important things, um, you know, and, and yet you found that to be a great market for you to be able to get the word of God out to people. So, um, you know, kudos to you. Congratulations. I know that, you know, the channel is going really, really well. Um, is there is there anything in producing these particular videos uh, that you realized as you kind of get the feedback um, of how well it's being received? Like, are, are people letting you know uh, and kind of responding back to you. I, I hate to think you're just kind of, you know, speaking out into a vacuum and you never get feedback, but how is it being received and how are, are you know, in a sense, our lives being changed because of what you're doing? Well, I'll give you a perfect example, Dan, and, and this one really touched me. About two or three years ago, I had a lady that reached out to our ministry because she needed some sort of uh, technical support. She had bought one of, purchased one of our products and she reached out and someone from my team wasn't able to actually help her. So she ended up getting on a Zoom call with me. And she said, she said, do you know how I found your ministry? And obviously this is the first time I ever met this lady. I said, well, no, actually I have no idea. Please tell me. And she said, well, I'm an older lady. I have two daughters, one who's here and one is in heaven and they're twins. And uh, just last year, one of my twin daughters committed suicide and it was really sad. And she said, well, everybody at the church told me that suicide was the unforgivable sin and that she went to hell and that I would never see my daughter ever again. Uh. And she was just broken hearted over the fact that, you know, her daughter committed suicide. I mean, obviously this is pain on top of pain multiplying. Yes. She's already dealing with the pain of losing her daughter. And then she's also now being told that her daughter is burning in hell because she committed the unforgivable sin. So she went on to YouTube and she searched, uh, is suicide the unforgivable sin? And thankfully, by God's grace and a little bit of help with the SEO algorithm from YouTube, my video popped up and she said she watched it and she was so comforted to know that if God can forgive murder and suicide is a form of murder, then God can forgive suicide as well. And so she was just comforted by that video and she found our ministry. And we get these type of, um, you know, maybe not as drastic, but we get these type of messages all the time, whether it's a direct message on Instagram, whether it's an email that people send to our ministry personally, or whether it's a comment that they leave on the YouTube channel. And so it's just so encouraging and affirming when we get that feedback to know that yeah, this isn't just us having fun popping out videos. Lives are being changed over the world, uh, all over the world with our I ministry. love it. Well, we didn't actually bring you in to answer a question this time. We brought you in to answer the idea of what do you do when you doubt something? And I thought you did a fantastic job with that. Um, there were so many you know, other speakers that we had before you that were answering specific questions dealing with 
reasons that people give for walking away from their faith and deconstructing their faith. But at the end, as you and I had talked in kind of preparation for your message, you really wanted to share this idea that, hey, we're not going to be able to answer every question that comes up. And, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, they're going to run into something. They're going to hear something. They're going to, you know, be be wrestling with something that they hadn't thought of before. And you really wanted to prepare them um, to be able to kind of have a strategy for just dealing with the doubt that arises, to making sure that they understand uh, that doubt doesn't mean disbelief, right? And so, I appreciate you doing that. What when you when you shared that message, what did you get as a as a kind of a feedback from the audience in terms of how they received it? Well, I'll tell you what that was that was something that I just a great just a great moment that I had with the audience. I feel like um, they were engaged. Um, by being able to keep eye contact with the audience the entire time, I was able to look around. I saw students all over the uh, auditorium or all over the church just writing notes. Matter of fact, so many students afterwards came yeah. up to me thanking me, and they came up with a page or two of notes. And I was just blown away when I saw how many notes they took. And also, just as a speaker, you can always tell when your audience is engaged. You can see their, their them looking up. You can see them, you know, talking to their friends, nudging their friends. So that was just a blessing to be able to share with them what I believe are just kind of those three nuggets of how to deal with doubt, not if, but when they experience it. And also how to help others who might be dealing with doubt around them. Yeah, that I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great way to end uh, the particular conference, because we can't answer every question. And, you know, they're going to be, uh, you know, exposed to something or see something or hear something that they've never heard of before. Uh, and you gave them kind of a um, a great grid uh, through which to work things through uh, so that they can actually um, accept the idea that doubt is okay uh, as a believer. There's some things that we don't know. And, and going back to the Word of God and having other people uh, help you in that journey, building that community of other uh, people who can help you do that is such an important aspect. So I really, really do appreciate you uh, being here. So uh, what's next for uh, the ministry? I know what's next for you um, is a uh, is a trip to Israel. Uh, so we'll be pray praying for you. This is your first time, I guess, to Israel. Yes, yes it is. Just, yeah, you just spent a couple of days with a couple of guys who were um, uh, very well trained in uh, being in Israel, right? Dr. Craig Evans and Dr. Scott Stripling, two of our other speakers, yes. uh, happened to spend probably a combined 50 years in Israel. So wow. I know that uh, that got you uh, all ready to go over there yes. and, and uh, yes. see, see kind of, you know, where uh, the Lord walked and where the, you know, the the word of God, um, you know, that, that cultural experience of actually being, um, you know, where it was written, you know, a couple thousand years ago. So I'm, I'm really excited about that for you. But what else, what else is next for uh, Alan Parr on the horizon in terms of your ministry? Well, uh, it's, it's this, the rest of this year, thankfully is winding down from a speaking perspective. It's been a busy year that way, but next year, uh, starting in January, lots of different conferences, things I'll be speaking at, but that's just me personally. Uh, but for the ministry, you know, what, what we're really working hard on right now is developing some strong online biblical content, um, online courses, somewhat like a kind of a layman's everyday seminary type of thing where mm. people can come. They don't have to worry about applying. They don't have to pay a whole lot for it, may not get accredited for it, but they'll learn equivalent. They'll be able to be trained under our ministry school to be able to truly um, be equipped to do ministry. And so we've got a few courses already out there that are floating around that, uh, you know, people know about, but our goal ultimately is to have a library of 
you know, 20 to 25, maybe even, you know, 50 courses that people can just enroll in. They can say, okay, I want to learn about first Corinthians. I want to learn how to prepare a sermon. I want to learn how to do counseling. I want to learn, um, you know, old Testament survey, new Testament survey, uh, and how to study the Bible hermeneutics. And so we're working on all that diligently and it's going to take time to develop, but, um, we're excited about that. Well, I'm I'm so excited uh, for where your ministry is going and what you're doing. I'm excited that you're equipping the saints, right? You've also, you know, often heard it said that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. Uh, so thank you for being part of that equipping ministry. Um, I know that our students, um, you know, not only um, loved and connected with you, um, but I think they, they walked away from their time, um, you know, not only at BWI, but especially, you know, for your session, um, really feeling like they were equipped uh, with some valuable uh, resources, information. And I just appreciate your uh, your thoughtful approach to how you engage these really important questions. You do a, a very good job. I know there's, you know, sometimes there's Christians out there who, um, you know, it's it's a it's a lot of noise and a lot of clanging of symbols. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, you are very um, just reasoned and studied um, and thoughtful in how you approach things and how you prepare yourself and then how you deliver that particular message. Uh, so just a, a great voice uh, to listen to as uh, as you're training uh, God's people to go out and do God's work. So I really appreciate you and your ministry, Alan. Well, Dan, I likewise uh, goes both ways. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having me there. Considering that I've never been a speaker there at BWI, I was honored and just privileged to be able to share the stage with some uh, wonderful men and women of God. I have the utmost respect for, and uh, it was just a great experience. And I know that the conferences in the years to come are going to be, you know, just as good, if not better, every year. So thank you for your leadership, and thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. It was absolutely amazing. Well, it was our privilege and honor, and it hopefully won't be too many more years before we have you back. <laughs> so, well, I'll be, I'd be honored whenever. I appreciate that's, that. That's awesome. Keep up the great work. Have a great time in Israel. Thank you, Okay. Alan. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.